Dear congregation, here we sung of Israel when they were in Babylon in exile. But in North Korea, there are prison camps, prison camps where the government sends the people if they violate some of the rules, and one of them is being a Christian. If you're caught with a Bible or a confessing Christian, you're sent to these, family, to these work camps. And they do allow some sort of family activity inside the camp, and so children are born inside this camp. And there's a story, a book written about one of the boys who grew up in one of these camps. He only knew the life inside this camp because that is where he was born. He lived in a small dorm with his mother as he grew up. His mother would go out to work long days and he would be sent to school for 10 hours a day at six days a week. And if his mother was late coming home, they were rationed on their food. And so if his mother was late, he would sometimes steal the food and eat it because there was that mentality of preserving yourself. And so when they went to school, they were never really taught about an outside world. They weren't taught about history or geography, but only about the country's ideologies. And they were taught what was right and wrong within the camp. They were told it was good to report others who were doing things that they considered were wrong. And so one day this boy heard his mother and his brother talking about escaping. And he'd heard in this classroom that that was wrong, so he told the authorities. He told the guards. It ended up costing the life of his mother and his brother. But he thought he was doing the right thing. And so his life was formed inside this camp. What he knew and what he learned all came from what he had been taught inside. He had no idea that there was even another world. Until a new prisoner came to the camp. Until a new man was sent to this camp. And he began telling this boy where he had come from. From outside the camp and he was sent in. And until this time, this boy had not even knew that there was another life. That this wasn't the normal way of life for most people. And then he also wanted to find a way out. And so until this boy had heard something different, he thought his life was normal. He did not know the misery that he was in until someone began to tell him. And so similarly with us, everyone who is born into this world, you could say is born into the prison camp of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, born not knowing anything different than what we were born into and raised up in. And we do not realize the extent and the root of our misery until we are told we need to learn who we are. We need to learn where we are, why the world is the way it is, and why our life is the way it is. Today, that Korean boy can look back at his time in prison, and he can tell what his life was like in the prison, and, and how he escaped, and how grateful he is now to be free in the, in, in the world, and how he is able now to learn to try to live a new and a normal life. And the same is true for believers. When you look back at what, what you once were, where you have come from, 
how God has delivered you from your sins and your misery. You can now wonder at God's grace for what He has done to deliver you, and now you're able to begin living a life as He instructs us to His glory. And the more that we learn about what that sin and misery is, the more glory we'll give to God for being delivered from that. The more we can see what God has done, and the more we can see how, how to what depths the Lord Jesus Christ has had to come to save sinners from this prison camp of sin. And that gives us a picture of what we want to begin to see here in what the Catechism is teaching us. And that's what Paul says to us as well in Romans 3, where he says, For by the law is the knowledge of sin, the knowledge of our misery. And so as we continue on in the Catechism, it begins to lead us into the knowledge of our sin and our misery, to see where God delivers His people from. And that's what we'll consider today under the theme, the knowledge of our misery. And first we want to consider what that misery is. And it's helpful at this point first to give a little summary maybe of the, the general view, the direction that the catechism is taking. Last week we had the introduction in Lord's Day 1, what is your only comfort in life and death? And there we heard that, that comfort is knowing that we've been delivered through the blood of Christ, that we belong to Him for those who believe in Him. But that makes us ask the question, and it should make us ask, how do we all individually come to know that comfort for ourselves, to know that I am His and He is mine? And in question two last week, I gave this answer that first we need to know how great our sins and miseries are, Second, how we can be delivered from those sins and miseries. And third, how we, can be, how we are grateful to live a grateful life uh, to God for that deliverance. That is the summary of the believer's comfort, that he has been delivered from the prison camp of sin. And that is how the catechism is structured in misery, deliverance, and gratitude. And here in Lord's Day 2 and Lord's Day 2, 3, and 4, begin to look at the misery of man, of where we have come from, where we find ourselves initially. It brings us back, so to speak, to look into that prison camp where sinners are born in this world, where we start off. And Maybe you ask, well, why do you want to go back there? Why do you, why do you ever want to go back into a prison camp? But as I mentioned briefly before, the more we understand where we have come from, the more we will glorify God for His deliverance. The more that Korean man would have looked back and remembered where he had come from, the more grateful he would be as he learns to live a life outside. And so this Lord's Day too begins now showing us how we come to know our misery. And it's from the law of God. And that's what we see here in Romans 3 verse 20 the second half, where it says, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. It is saying that by the law of God, we personally come to know and understand 
our own sin and our own guilt. We come to know the consequences of our sin and that we have been separated from God because of our sin. That is our misery. When it, says, when it uses the word misery here, the word misery has the idea of being separated, being taken out of your country into a foreign land. Misery is used to describe a civil punishment and exile. Misery is being separated from your country, from your family or friends, and placed in exile because of punishment. If you think again of the Korean family, they were put into the prison camp, they were exiled into the prison camp because of the punishment they received, because they did something wrong. The Jews, according to their um, leaders, the Jews that were carried off into exile in Babylon were sent into exile because of the punishment they had received from God. They sinned against God, and they were taken from out of their own land and brought into the land of Babylon. And there they sat in misery. And this is a picture of spiritual misery. We are born in exile in this world under the influence of sin, under the power of Satan, and subject to the consequences of sin. And just like the Korean boy, initially we don't realize where we are or what we are. We don't even know that there's another kingdom. There's people that grow up into this world for many years not ever hearing of a God or of His kingdom. Psalm 51 says we're conceived and born in sin. That Korean boy was born in exile with his mother. And to help understand this, we need to go back to paradise, where Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden with God. It says they would walk with God in the cool of the day, but when Adam sinned, God banished him. He exiled him out of paradise, out of the dwelling place where he walked with God. They're exiled outside of the Garden of Eden, where he now had to labor in the fields in the sweat of his brow under the curse of sin. Adam's misery was that he was banished from God because of his sin, and he was subject to the punishment of sin. And so everyone born into this world since Adam is born into the misery of exile from God. And the effects of that were seen right away when Cain killed his own brother Abel. And when Cain had to flee as a fugitive to live in the land of Nod, which means wandering, he, he, he had to run away. And so this is the roots of our misery that God is teaching us in His Word. Something that we need to understand before we can understand what it is to be delivered by God. And when a new prisoner entered this Korean prison camp, he came to tell this boy of another world. He was able to tell this boy that there was another world. And it is God who through His Word and through His servants teaches us that there is another world, that there is another kingdom, a kingdom of God. So from where do we know our misery? From the law of God. Romans 3.20 says, For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That is where we come 
to recognize that we have been separated from God. And then our second point, how does the law then expose our misery? As Romans 3 verse 20 says, Therefore by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And a good example is the one we read in Matthew 19, where this rich young ruler came to the Lord Jesus, and he came and asked the Lord Jesus and said, What good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? What can I do to be saved? And so the Lord Jesus says, well, keep the commandments. And this young man said, oh, which ones? So the Lord Jesus used the law. First he, first he listed the commandments five through nine. Honor your father and your mother. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. But then he also added, as a summary, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the reason Jesus was adding that summary was to show that this law, the law of God is spiritual. The law of God is not just something we can fulfill with our actions, but it's spiritual. It goes down to the depths of our heart. It goes deeper. And, but this rich young ruler did not understand this yet. And so he said to the Lord Jesus, I've kept all these things from my youth up. And that's more than we can say, I believe. How many of us can say that we have never sinned against any of those commandments? But then the Lord Jesus goes on. And he says in verse 21 of Matthew 19, If you want to be perfect, then go and sell all you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and follow me. Why does the Lord Jesus say that? Because he knows that this man is not perfect. That this man is not perfect in his heart. And to be able to stand before God, we need to be perfect. No sin in our life. No original sin. No actual sin. We cannot have a single blemish. And here the Lord Jesus used the 10th commandment to show this rich young ruler that he does not love his neighbor as himself. That he loved his money instead. He went away sorrowful because he, didn't want, he did not want to leave his money. He did not want to give his money to others. He did not love his neighbor above all. And if he does not love his neighbor, how can he love God? If he cannot keep the second table of the commandments, how can he even Keep the first. And so how does the law expose our sin? Well, the law shows us what we must do. The Lord Jesus showed this man the law, and it was at the Tenth Commandment that he, he was able to see that he was not able to keep the law. You shall not covet. We can see in all the commandments that we cannot keep the law. The law tells us we have to love God above all with our mind, soul, heart, and strength. And we have to love our neighbor as herself. That's the de demand of the law. But it exposes us because it shows us that we can't. But secondly, the law shows us that because we sin, because we can't keep the law, we are also deserving of punishment. Because Galatians 3 verse 10 says, Cursed is everyone 
who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So even if this rich young ruler could keep every single law except the last one, he would be cursed. Even if we could keep the whole law except to offend in one point, we'd be guilty of the law, we'd be subject to the curse and condemnation. And the reality is we are born with original sin. Sin comes from Adam, and we can never undo that. And if we cannot keep God's law perfectly, we are cursed. And the punishment for that, for that disobedience is eternal separation from God. And so our sins expose, or the law exposes our sin. The Lord Jesus used the fifth commandment. You shall honor your father and your mother. And children, if you think about that command, honor your father and your mother, can we keep that? Because think if, you, if one day you're playing in your toy room, you're maybe playing with your Lego, and you're nice and quiet, you seem like you're very obedient children, and everything is going well, you're keeping peace. But then your mother comes and says, boys or girls, it's time to clean up. Suddenly you start complaining. You start arguing. You get mad. All these sins rise up and you see that your heart is full of sin. You cannot even keep this commandment. And so the law shows us what God requires, but it shows that we're not willing or able to obey. And that is our misery. We cannot keep the law, and because we cannot keep the law, we deserve punishment, judgment, eternal. And the worst part is we do not even want to hear about our sin. The first time that Korean boy heard about his mother wanting to escape, he did not understand what it was. And he believed a lie, and he told on his mother, and it cost her her life. And that's also the same reason why they don't want the Ten Commandments in the public schools or in the courts. They don't want to have the Lord's Prayer. It's the law of God that convicts them. It's showing that they cannot live. They do not want to live according to it. But same as for each one of us. We're all born sinful, unable to love God, unable to keep His commandments. We read in Romans 3, verse 12, that there is none who does good, no not one. Catechism says, I'm prone by nature to hate God and my neighbor. That's the natural bent of our heart, prone to hate God and my neighbor. The law teaches us what sin is. Sin is breaking that law, rebellion against God. In verse 19 we read, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. And that is what we are, guilty before God, deserving of His punishment. And so we see that by the law is the knowledge of sin. And it shows us our misery because we sin is a transgression of the law. But then in the third place, where does that leave us? Where we'll see where our misery is directed by the law. What do we do when we see that misery? Well, just like when you go to the doctor, the doctor doesn't just 
leave you with your sickness after He tells you what it is, but He also gives you a prescription for the remedy. God never intends to leave people where they are, but He always directs you to the remedy in order to personally know the comfort of salvation, we need to know our misery, where we have come from. You don't go to the doctor if you think you're healthy. And the comfort of salvation is knowing that I am no longer in that prison camp, but that Christ has delivered me. But we need to know where we are in order to be delivered. And it's the love and the faithfulness of God that exposes our misery. Because in exposing our misery, He is also at the same time telling you that there is a way of escape. The doctor shows you that there is something wrong because he also knows that there is a way of help. He is showing you the way to heal. And here God is saying there is a way of escape through Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ came to do what we could never do. That He came to the depths of these prison cells to deliver us from it, to rescue us from it. And Paul points to that in in verse 21. But he says, Now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. Paul said you cannot be saved by trying to obey the law. Because by the law is the knowledge of sin. It just shows you more and more of what we do wrong. The law can only expose it. It can't take it away. The rich young ruler tried to do it himself, but he had to walk away sorrowful when he realized that he could not keep the law. A Korean boy in the the prison camp, even if he obeyed all the laws inside of that prison camp, it would never get him out of that prison camp. He was there because of a punishment, and that needs to be taken away. He did eventually manage to escape, and now he's able to tell a story. And the friend who came to tell him about that, he died trying to escape. But God shows us that there is a way for everyone to escape. Once a doctor makes a diagnosis, the next question you ask is, how can you help? Once this Korean boy learned that there was an outside world, his next question would have been something like, how do we get there? How do we get out of here? And when the Holy Spirit shows us our sin and our misery, it's not a place that we want to stay. But you ask, how can I be delivered? How can I be right with God? And Paul says the law also teaches us about the Lord Jesus Christ. The law can never save us. But Romans 10 forces Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. It directs you to Him. That means the law shows us that we cannot keep it, but it points us to the Lord Jesus who did keep it. In verse 12, Paul said, The righteousness of God apart, verse 21, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. That is Jesus Christ. He is the perfect righteousness that we need to be accepted before God. God can only accept a perfect righteousness, and that is found in Jesus Christ. And that is because He has come. He was banished. 
He was exiled from his his father. He came to live in this prison camp below. He obeyed every law of his father, every commandment he obeyed perfectly from the heart. But for him there was no escape. For him there was no escape from that exile and from the curse and from that punishment. And he was crucified to bear that punishment for his people. And that is why Paul can say in Romans 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. That is what we deserve, eternal death, eternal separation from God. But that's what the Lord Jesus Christ took upon himself. And then he says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ paid the wages of our sin so that now God bestows that gift of eternal life upon all who believe, young and old. Paul says there's no difference because all have sinned. All have come short of the glory of God, Jews and Greeks, you and I, young and old. And this gift is there for all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot obey the law, but Christ has obeyed. We cannot earn salvation as his rich young ruler thought, but Christ has earned it for us. And God says it is available through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. And that is what the catechism here is trying to lead us through. That is what Paul is showing us here in Romans 3. And that Korean boy, when he looks back and he thinks on where he has come from, the vivid memories of what that life was, how thankful he would be now to be able to live a normal life, trying to live an ordinary life, as difficult as that is for him. And so the clearer that we can learn the knowledge of our misery, as difficult as that is to know, no, none of us likes to think of things that we have done wrong or our past or what we deserve under the just judgment of God, our original sin, our original condemnation of where we are born. But the clearer that the Lord shows us our misery, the more we can see, the clearer we can see how we have been saved through Jesus Christ, what He has saved us from, what He is saving us to, and then the more glory we'll give to God for His salvation, trying to live a life pleasing to Him according to His law. Then the law no longer is that schoolmaster leading us to Christ, but then it is our guide, our roadmap in this world of what He is conforming us to. Then no longer to show us our misery alone, even though it does, it shows us how short we fall, but it shows us what Christ is conforming us to. And so... Paul here directs us to the knowledge of our sin so that we may see the glory that is in Jesus Christ alone. For by the law is the knowledge of sin, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, a righteousness that comes to you through Jesus Christ, not through the keeping of the law.